0: This is Queer Histories, Queer Futures, presented by Last Call, a podcast about queer resistance in New Orleans and the people behind the movement.
1: I'm Free For All. And I'm Lane Kaplan-Levinson. Hey Free. Hey, Lane. Okay, question. What's that? Have you ever defaced a dollar bill? Habitually. <laughs> Habitually. How did I know? How am I not surprised? Because I'm a rebel. <laughs> um, do you have, is there anything that comes to mind of a specific time or reason that you defaced a dollar bill and what you put on that dollar bill? I think I just, like,
0: uh, was, like, very moody in high school at one point and just, like, was in that ballpoint pen into George Washington's eyeballs, like yes. really hard. Yes, um, I don't know if that dollar was usable. Actually, after that, I think I actually went through the like dollar.
1: The yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> but it was all through just the friction and the the angst. I would say totally. Yeah.
1: And to be fair, I cannot remember any like lesson I was given that that was a thing you weren't supposed to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, also George Washington. Like, Who's that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Never heard of them. Got a baller wig, though. True. True. Um, Okay, so so I bring this up because we're doing a little bit of, like, an old school, new school situation this Mm -hmm. week, right? Um, If you heard season one, you might recognize this story. But for a few reasons, uh, we've kind of revamped it, given it a little touch-up. And, and extended it. So um, this is one of my favorite episodes of season one and free. I'm going to let you take it from here because you, you made this story that's so, so good. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, this is a story um,
0: about a small business owner taking a stand in the way that she could. And um, it features, um, it's a story of Ellen Rabin's life. Um, and Ellen actually became an ancestor uh, this fall in September and um she had been ill for a couple of years and um we were all sad to see her go but we're so happy that she shared so many stories with us over the years and um this is one of our favorites so we we brought this back uh out revamped it touched it up a little bit to give her um a proper send off
1: yeah this is this is someone who in my uh as my people say, has a lot of chutzpah. Chutzpah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, let's get to it.
0: Back in the 70s, Ellen Rabin owned a restaurant in New Orleans' Marigny Triangle called the Apple Barrel. It's not the Apple Barrel that's currently open on Frenchmen. Ellen's restaurant was where La Paniche is now. She's gay, but she didn't own a gay bar. She tried to open one once, but that's a different story. Ellen did own a number of businesses, actually. The Apple Barrel was just a restaurant, and a fairly successful one. And if there's one thing you had to know to run a successful business in New Orleans in those days, it was whose pockets to keep padded.
2: Who were the right people to be in with? Uh, the Mafia. Carlos myself. He would let you open a bar, and you know you'd give him a cut of the money, and he protected you. You know nobody. Nobody would mess there, because if they if they did something to hurt the place, they got hurt, so. What, were the, what was the Mafia's attitude towards homosexuality? Like they didn't want to know about it, you know, they didn't want any connection with it. But they wanted to be connected with it because they knew it made money, money.
0: Uh-huh. you know, you know
2: what I mean? All they were in everything for was the money. So they wouldn't really give you protection. They'd give you protection to to make sure their money didn't get bothered, you know, and that's the only way you could really have a, a nice place. Can you tell us a little more about the march that you organized with Jerry? How did you get the idea for that? Uh, people all over the country were doing it. I mean, it was no big thing, and it was just a happening, you know. Um, there was a, somebody in Florida that represented the Orange Juice Company. Anita Bryant. Anita Bryant, yeah. it was The march was right after. Anita Bryant was doing all her stuff. Come to the Florida sunshine tree.
0: A uh, quick note on Anita Bryant. Known first for becoming Miss Oklahoma in 1959 and second runner-up for Miss America when she was only 19, she later stepped into the role of spokesperson for the Florida he's Citrus Commission. He's not a talking bird. He's a thinking bird. But she was more than just a pretty face. She sang, she had a couple of pop hits, but her voice was most powerful
2: in her activism. Just biologically that God made mothers so that we could reproduce, homosexuals cannot reproduce biologically, but they have to reproduce by recruiting our children. God's word says that someone who practices homosexuality shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God is very plain on that. Plane on that, 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 plane on that. The people were really furious about uh, the orange juice lady, and we were doing boycotting things. And then it led into somebody said, well, let's do a march. The only organizing there was to do with it was there was a bunch of women that made up signs and then people would come by the restaurant and pick up their signs and walk down the street and meet at a certain corner and then they just marched through the city. What did the signs say? You know, like, we're not going to take it anymore, you know, um, just... normal regular things that would be said you know but through all that period of time the apple barrel turned into like like the headquarters for the city Mm -hmm. so if anything happened it took place there and there was meetings there and it wasn't just a restaurant it was like a community place We organized this march, and we all marched, you know, and um, went down Bourbon Street, and then it turned over to Rampart Street, and there was FBI men up on the the rooftops with binoculars and guns and all kind of things. It was a scary thing to do.
0: Revolution is scary, and Ellen was on the front lines, along with thousands upon thousands of others all over the country. Scary as it is, recognizing that she was part of a community that was up for the fight was empowering and inspiring. And seeing just how many gay people there were in the city gave her an idea.
2: And I went out and he had a big stamp made up and it said, this is gay money. And it was a Sunday afternoon or I was Maybe it was a Saturday. I put it out on the counter and I started stamping all my money. And then people would come up and take all their money out their pocket and they'd stamp their money. And it didn't take that long. It was like on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning, these three guys came in and um, wanted to see my money in my cash register. You know, it's like, well, why do you want to see the money in my cash register? Well, we heard there was gay money here, and, you know, it was sort of like, well, how can you tell the difference between gay money and straight money? You know, and, uh, and I was real lucky. There was three cops sitting at the table right up front. They overheard the conversation, and they said, Ellen, you don't have to, you know, show them your money if they don't have a search warrant, and they didn't have one. So um, they went to get the search warrant, and then I called the guy up that I bought all my vegetables and everything from, and he bought all my gay money from me because that's all I had was gay money in the safe and gay money in the cash register. (laughs) By the time they got back, all I had was straight money. So they came in, and they went through everything, but they couldn't get me on anything because there was no gay money there. This this was funny, too. The guy that bought it sent out vegetables to all the places, and he sent all the gay money to all the biggest restaurants in the city. And I'm sure those people thought, this is funny. I would it <laughs> to my friends, you know, put it in a Christmas card, <laughs> okay? So then, all of a sudden, gay money was popping up all over the place. Good man, I, I was facing like 10 years. To defacing, dis- to defacing currency. currency. You know. Some of it must still be in circulation. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure the government pulled it. Put it.
0: <laughs> Ellen Rabin was an entrepreneur and a queer justice warrior. She housed, fed, and even sent to college many of our most vulnerable trans folks, sufferers from AIDS, victims of queer on queer violence,
1: the down and out. Her home was open to all comers, whatever their need. She helped bury our dead when no one else would claim them, all the while maintaining her raucous, laughing ways and surviving multiple cancers and chronic illnesses. This epilogue comes from Alda Talley's Facebook post commemorating Ellen's passing. She closed that post with this call to action. We should, any of us,
0: be and do even half of all Ellen did for all of us. Blessed be Ellen Rabin with the angels and the saints. Blessed are we all for her having
1: lived among us. Blessed are we all for having her make all money gay money. Once again, as always, comes the time when this episode is over. Yeah. But before we say goodbye, free, also, as per usual, are there any closing announcements? Uh, just another shout out to the
0: Alleged Lesbian Activities Tour heading to Boston this April. Um, check the Theater Offensive website or our website, lastcall.org, for more information about that.
1: And if you haven't told a friend to subscribe to the podcast, go tell a friend. And um, if you listen to podcasts, you know that people talk about rating and reviewing on iTunes. I can tell you it makes a difference. Mm. It really actually does. So if you like this, if you want to support what we're doing, give us a rating and write a quick review. It goes a long way to helping other people find out about the show. Uh, And with that, let's do the credits. This project was created
0: in partnership with the New Orleans LGBT Center and Alternate Roots through an Alternate Roots Partners in Action grant and through a Network of Ensemble Theaters Net 10 Exchange grant.
1: Additional funding from the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Foundation. Last Call is fiscally sponsored by the National Performance Network. Uh, love you, Free. I love you, Lane. And, you know, dear listener, we love you, too. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. We only have one message to leave you with, and that is, until next time, stay stay gay. gay.
0: That's a great story. Somebody needs to do that now. I think that would still cause a rise in New Orleans. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of gay money in this town.